Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Welcome to the Whiskey Bikini Suspense Show. Hello, I'm James and welcome to the latest edition of the Whiskey Bikini Podcast. So for anyone who hasn't listened to any of our previous shows, and you know, you really should, then uh, we're a regular podcast going out from the UK and Hong Kong. We're covering horror films, cult films, black magic, drinking, and everything in between. So please do follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the, you know, all the usual podcast platforms. Follow us on the social medias and stuff, and and yeah, listen to our previous episodes if you haven't, uh, including our, our special radio play, Mojo in the Corridors of Blood. <laughs> so this is another in our regular magazine episodes in which uh, you know, Cub and me uh, talk through some films we've seen or some, some interesting topics uh, in the film industry or some different themes and stuff. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about Kind of about this elevated horror trend, um, in particular looking at recent high-profile films, uh, Hereditary and Midsommar, and, and possibly and St. Maud as well. Sorry, I just add that in in case we don't talk about St. Maud, so I put a pause so I can edit that out, so it's fine. So yeah, so I'm joined as usual by, by Cub over in Hong Kong, Whiskey Bikini co-founder, Hong Kong veteran, industry director, uh, filmmaker, producer, editor, actor, and everything. So how you doing, Cub? <laughs> One means of everything. Okay, hi everyone. <laughs> I'm glad that I can participate this in a regular uh, episode again. Huh? <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, well, this time I need, uh, I really need James to tell me what exactly is elevated horror. Is it? He brings, he brings me that this very new version of terms. Oh, I I watch a description saying that uh, I think it's pretty close about it. She said this is these kind of horror. Uh, it's the horror films that non-horror people like. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think this is quite close, right? Yeah, I I, I think so, and it's um, it's a term that's kind of interesting, kind of annoying. I think <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but well, you know, we'll talk about this through the episode. But you can either look at it as something, you know, proper, like a, a, an attempt to like do like more. I don't like using the word, but more intellectual or meaningful horror, or you can mm. look at it as some cynical marketing, which, like you say, is just to get people who don't like watching normal horror films to think they're clever by watching horror films which aren't packaged really as horror films so it's it's an interesting topic anyway it's one you know it has had a lot of debate uh, i'd say among like horror fans and film critics and stuff uh over here in the west and everything and it's something a lot of people just don't agree on so it's it's an interesting one to talk about and you know some of the films in particular are, are quite interesting in there as well like um especially you know like hereditary and midsummer which you know, weren't the first examples of it, but which I guess have been the, you know, have been kind of the highest profile or the most, you know, successful uh, examples of this whole elevated horror type thing. So, although, you know, as, you know, we'll talk a bit about it and as kind of horror, horror veterans ourselves, we can see how much we, we think they really are, mm -hmm. you know, intellectual or, or how different we actually really think they are. Come on, Peter. Yes, you're suing. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll start by just saying a little bit about the two films. I'm not going to get into the details and stuff because I'm sure, you know, people have either seen them or are aware of them. But um, they're both written and directed by Ari Aster. You know, they're U.S. films. Uh, Hereditary was 2018, his first film. Um, it was with a company which we'll be mentioning a couple of times, uh, at least, well, probably more, called A24, who have become very known for this kind of thing. And he actually had a budget of about $10 million to make it, which is quite impressive. And... 
yeah, it basically just follows a fucked up family. Um, and the mother is kind of, you know, she makes miniatures and stuff. Her husband's a psychiatrist who, I can't remember if he's a drunk in the film or not, because that actor, Gabriel Byrne, always plays drunks. So I can't remember if he's she, in the she, film. She's not drunk. She's not drunk. <laughs> no, him, the, the actor, her, the one who plays her husband. Uh, I think he might be, but it's probably just because he, he drinks so much in, in lots yeah, of Yeah, he drinks, he drinks be, a lot and yeah, a lot of sins, but he's not a drunk at all. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, she's her mother died under mysterious circumstances and, mm-hmm. you know, things start happening involve their, their teenage son and the young daughter, a lot of tragedy, a lot of family secrets. And, you know, it kind of turns into a nightmare. Um, but it was very it's one of those films that started off getting really popular at film festivals first. Like uh, it was very popular at Sundance and mm-hmm. people started saying it was like the exorcist for a new generation and stuff. And it made it made something like 80 million worldwide even just theatrically which is pretty impressive and also yeah. got a lot of awards and nominations which is quite you know unusual for a for a normal horror film i, I, I guess we'd say you know so it you know it, it definitely sort of broke through into the mainstream more and then he he followed this with a uh, midsummer uh actually mm-hmm. 2019 which again a a24 roughly the same budget and it's um you know it, it's kind of it's a slightly different one because it, again it's kind of like a a trauma in relationships, but this time with some some folk who are young Americans who are going off to to Sweden uh, to you know witness mm-hmm. this festival, which only happens like every ninety years. And the two main characters, this girl who's played by the actress Florence Pugh, who's just been going through like a lot of tragedy as well, and her boyfriend's a complete you know asshole. And you know again, things just kind of spiral out of control into nightmares. And you know, um, and again, it was it was a popular film, good box office, good reviews, and. Um, following that, you know, he's been really seen as one of like the very top horror directors and everything, though really associated with this elevated horror uh, kind of movement. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I quite, you know, taking the elevated horror thing aside, I, I, I do really like both of the films. You know, I saw them both when they were in the cinemas and I've seen them a couple times since. So, um, mm-hmm. what, what did you think about them, you know, having seen them recently? I've, I have watched uh, Miss Summer first. Uh, I think okay. it is. I watched the second one, but then, hmm. then I find out that it, I was lucky because I watched the <laughs> second one is better, so I know the pattern of the director. Okay. Uh, something is similar for a director. Hmm. If he keep on using the same pattern or same style, that means he he trusts it. He loves it already. Hmm. So this is printed in his mind. He was in his work. Everything. Uh, it's totally different from uh, uh, from a normal, uh, how do you say, from a normal scary movie. It wasn't like a haunted okay. house movie, yeah. And I like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like the twists. Uh, the director always put uh, 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 stunning twists, just like uh, Midsummer in Midsummer. Then you will see the suicide jump, right? The suicide yes, jump yes. is. Uh, it's uh, the suicide jump is okay. I I know that they will be jump jump down there. I know these two, these men are will be jump down there, but the most. Uh, I think the most horrible, shock shocked me, is when seeing the incident happening. People in modern world would be collapsed, right? They their emotion mm-hmm. down there, mm-hmm. and they will urge to stop the second jump. And this this mm-hmm. means that the, this kind of emotion response would spread out to most of the spectators, spectators, the right? Audience, yeah, yeah, yeah. The audience mm-hmm. are the shocking print to your mind, just like the nine nine one one tragedy or or other uh, other big disasters. But in Midsummer, mm-hmm. the response of the majority was against our normal standard. And and <laughs> yeah. there's a and there's a British guy. Is it a British guy that the the? That's the, right. Yeah. Yeah, the British guy reacts different from the majority. Was treated mm-hmm. as abnormal. So this is the real fear <laughs> that, that I felt about it in Midsummer, uh, mm-hmm. and this kind of miserable, miserable cruelty, uh, embraced <laughs> by a majority surrounds you, and you cannot release your direct emotion. You know, your sense will rapidly transform and dilute into majority. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, that's, Daniel, that's, that's Daniel, a, shock out. Daniel was shocked. 
but she she already experienced a bigger shock in the family tragedy, right? So mm-hmm. her sense is getting so her sense getting numb to prevent mm-hmm. another hurting. So this is a kind of protecting your, but but it's another sign of decreasing your humanity at all. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity, and I decided Look, I to do it. I don't mind you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously, babe. What's happening, Danny? It's an, yeah, that's sure, man. It's, I mean, that's a very good uh, point and way of looking at it. And, and her character uh, right. and the way it changes through the film is, is very... I think that's the best, that's the best, best part treatment. of the two films. Right. Uh, and I do, actually, yeah, I, I prefer Midsommar as well because I think it's... you know, More I mature. Think it's, I think it's funnier, kind of, um, yep. Midsommar as much as anything. I think it's more... I think Hereditary is a lot more... Um, not pretentious, but... It, Hereditary seems very convinced that it's a very important, you know, clever type of film. Whereas right. Midsommar, you know, you've got a lot of different things going on in Midsommar. Like, um, you've got, you know, this, you've got the basic, I think the basic plot for the film is like a slasher film. Hmm. You just like a typical, you know, some annoying Americans go to a different culture. Mm. They're quite rude to people and they end up getting killed one by one. So I think right. you have that slasher thing. You have kind of like Wicker Man you know, or this kind of folk horror type thing in there. And then, yeah, you have this, both the kind of breakup and relationship thing. And yeah, the, the way her character gradually just moves away from, and there's right. a lot of ways to look at it, I guess, whether or not she's moving, by the end of the film, she's moving to becoming stronger. Is she becoming crazy? Is she just moving mm. away from the real the real world? I don't, different ways to see it. I think she's moving away from the real world. She finds uh, her own experts for her to, live on to be to uh, more yeah. comfortable yeah to be more comfort and mm-hmm. i i really like the director the, the director is a quite mature director he has done the all the works all the work of the directors has to be mm-hmm. done yeah and uh and he did a complete job on both movies a fruitful film mm-hmm. language i th- i think with with de- also yeah, yeah with thought provoking uh, uh, treatments and mm. all those informative elements for audience it's good for audience to review you can taste the after t- you can have the aftertaste reveal for the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it is worth to watch it so we I, yeah, I really rec- uh, I really recommend it. it it is a good movie you know. Andrew, Andrew, did you like Hereditary as well, or just Midsommar? Hereditary, it's uh, it's basically, <laughs> it's this, is a style that I like. is is more close to the normal uh, horror movie. You know that the the mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. he control, and yeah, there's and uh, of course he had he had another stunning point, uh, unexpected twist, is when the when the daughter. Had beheaded. <laughs> you know, that, you know that. It's too early, really too early. It's too really too early to to. For audience, to, I have to admit though, like that's that's the one part of the film I I didn't like, which really annoyed me, because um, you know obviously anyone who's listening to this, you know we're we're going into a lot of spoilers about what happens, but yeah. when Hereditary was being marketed, right, one of the things you kept seeing in the trailer was it yeah. kept making it look like it was like a creepy kid film. Like the, uh-huh, the young yeah, girl yeah. was going to be possessed and like, and then she just fucking she gets beheaded like twenty she, minutes she, into the film. She she's not she's not <laughs> been possessed it basically. No, exactly. She's just annoying. And, yeah, and, and this it, is, it, uh, and I like I like I like the casting. The director's casting mm-hmm. is very good. Every two movie, both movies, he did a very good casting. You see the true, uh, the the pick up the. The, the the advantage of all the all the all the actors to see the little mm. girl the little girl Charlie <laughs> yes, you yes. you think that she's the devil but but she dies so soon and and she is the devil <laughs> by the end <laughs> <laughs> and this was but this was quite funny but there's a lot of uh, 
you know, sort of misdirection and everything yeah. like that. Not, I don't know how much, like I say, that was po- that was kind of down to the UK marketing campaign. Like even the mm-hmm. poster was half, you know, Charlie the little girl and half the mother, yeah. which really makes you think this is a film. You know, the little girl's going to be in it a lot, and she's in the trailer, she's in all the pictures, and then she yeah, did, which is interesting. <laughs> She did. Even her body is not here. She, her spirit was go through the whole movie. <laughs> That's did. true. That's true. You can you can feel the presence. That's very true, man. I mean, talking about his like uh, his you know his approach as a director and everything. Yeah. I think that's one of the really cool things is how detailed the, the two films are, like visually. It is, and, and there's all these touches, like you know, in Midsummer. Um, I haven't paused it to see, to check, but you apparently you can see faces in the trees and everything. And yeah. In Hereditary, apparently uh, the pole, like the lamppost where the, the the you know she gets decapitated. Apparently, yeah. this you can see the symbol carved into yes. that lamppost earlier in the film. I mean, that, that's, that's very, that kind of attention to detail is very, that's very cool. I mean, it really shows he's thought about his films. He's put a lot of effort and attention into them. I like that. Yeah, yeah. he always leaves some obvious horror hints for audience to track mm. and explore when you were watching. If you want to invest or, or explore the movie, go with the movie, then there's a lot of hints. Mm. It's very yeah. nice and detailed. That's like, just like you say. You got a lot of horror mm. elements in there. What in mm. hereditary? There's a writing on the wall, the decapitated mm. <laughs> Charlie's head, and the writing, <laughs> and the crown symbol everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the street pole, the sure. wallpaper, the art attic's wall, and the necro mm-hmm. necromancy, and the yeah. and the bin in the bin, and the bin was moving, representing yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. evil. The evils were coming, but he used the bin. The shining bit, mm. and it's in daytime. <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> that reminds me no, of the that's yeah. That's reminding of shining, the the horror, the right. evil come, the, the evil will arrive at, in daytime, right? And then mm, mm, uh, the grandma's head headless calls. I believe this is the witchcraft, right? It's some kind of witchcraft. Yeah, it, it, it's all the sort of devil worship, uh, and you know, uh, I think it's. I think all these kind of different layers and details and stuff is probably right. why these are not like my favorite recent horror films or anything. But I have watched them several times, each of them, and it's probably. I think a large yeah. part of that is because there's kind of different levels, and you're right, different things you can discover visually, or and I do find like the, you know, it's obviously put so much research and stuff into this kind of like. The, yes. The sp- whether it's the spiritual side, the devil worship side, the f- right. you know, or in Midsommar, like the Norwe- uh, sorry, the Swedish like folklore and belief side, I find that, you know, I mean, you know, me and you, you know, we talk a lot about this stuff, like you know, Gong Tao folklore, haunted right. clubs, everything. So when you see this kind of research and stuff, that makes it much more interesting, you know. And even in in Midsommar, uh, the uh, from the opening, the unusual death mm. of Danny's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very mm. unusual. It takes a lot of time to to set up and to prepare if you were committing suicide. You see that? <laughs> you see how they die? Yeah. <laughs> and strap, stra- yeah, strapping like the, the gas pipe into her mouth and taping it down and everything, which is, yes. yeah, which kind of suggests that she had to tape it down because she was worried she might pull it out or something. It's all exactly. What exactly. A creepy detail. Very strange. You're <laughs> absolutely, this man. It's totally elaborate. This is this is psycho people would do this. Nobody will do it like that. You you want to die. You really want to die. Uh, you yeah. you you're not you're not just one, just a thought, just a clinch. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so that means uh, when you see his uh, setting, I I mean the director's setting on both films, from the very mm. beginning you thought it was an accident or something or, uh, and then you find out probably it's already scheduled it or planned it in the whole thing yeah from the whole thing mm-hmm. otherwise it will not be died like that in midsummer yeah. uh, there were a lot of also there's a lot of uh, horror element hints uh, the children's style mm. drawing of the spells uh hanging mm-hmm. on the hanging cloth mm-hmm. the spells uh, 
and of course the the corpse hanging inside the farmhouse has a ritual mm. yeah. yeah 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 and That's uh, a lot of cool stuff happens right these are these are not not only a display <laughs> <laughs> these are not only display these are ritual and and the most uh, horrible thing is to put the his boyfriend into the body of uh, of the bear <laughs> I don't know that's why. I mean, uh, what kind of what kind of drink did the did the director have? Oh, but that's no, but that, that's based on real like ritual and folklore. Yes, you know most of the stuff. That, so he's not, you know. So he comes back. I mean, he, like in the Wicker Man, you know, we're burning okay. him alive in the Wicker thing. But well, even is, in the Wicker this, Man, this is so you, you have, disgusting. <laughs> it's this different concept of sacrifice, though. It's I mean, over here, like in the UK, it's kind of like. Celtic and obviously in Norwegian, uh, sorry Scandinavian, like Norway, Sweden and stuff. It, it's um, it's different, but then there's there's similarities between these different sort of ancient sort of pagan religions. Um, I'm not you know I'm not an expert, so I, I can't go into so too much is, detail is, about it. But well, it's is this an idea of uh, transforming into that kind of uh, animals from uh, human nature, from I guess, human. Like animals? And, yeah, I, I think there's that kind of tr- transformation, but also. The you know offering things to nature and everything. Okay. So this is kind of a more, you know, obviously in in the films like taken to um, quite an extreme degree and stuff. But even for some of the things we're talking about with our films and stuff, um, you know, I've always done quite a lot of reading and research in, into these things. And I'm not an expert at all, but there's some really when you look at some of the old pagan beliefs and rites and stuff like that, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. So to see even some of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, come into a film like this is very interesting. And it does suggest mm-hmm. he spent a lot of time for the script because obviously, you know, he writes the scripts and stuff. So he's put a lot of effort into that. Not only the script, not only if. Well, no, no, uh, but I just mean that side as well. The, the script yeah. as well as all the visuals I mean, and I mean, stuff. Which I mean, from the, from the director's will, uh, he's mm-hmm. doing a very good. You see the location, there's nothing. It's just the grass <laughs> and then several yeah, houses. Yeah. But he, he, he just shoot the whole movie uh, without you were not feeling boring, and then it is not like a TV drama. It is a mm. you feel that this is a this is a movie. You should watch it in mm. cinema. So he's doing good things. He's doing very very good job. It's not easy. Though, it's not easy. No, no, completely agree. And I think one of the the other things to say with that is how long the two films are. I mean, Midsummer. The normal cut, what, two and a half hours, and the director's cut even longer. Hereditary, just over two hours. I mean, that's much longer than, yeah. you know, most horror films, which are commercially successful. So he, you're right, he might he keep make sure they're never boring or anything like that. He might just keep the pace going, keep the interest going. Yeah, he keep all the, he, he put a lot of details in the, in the movie, so you were not feeling boring about it. It's like Hereditary. Uh, I like this, Mm-mm-mm. the point of sleepwalking of the mother. It, 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 it can explain everything, because while you're sleepwalking, that means you you you're losing your self control, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's metaphor. Uh, you're losing without your memory. She, she can a- accomplish most evil act unconsciously. <laughs> you know, behavior without bad behavior without memory means you cannot judge it right or wrong. So any drunker, <laughs> any drunker with bad attitude yes, will know that. Yes, that's true. Uh, so, uh, James has the weakness of a lot, lots of terrible acts <laughs> offended by horrible drunkard. <laughs> I can just turn up in court and it's all right. I was drunk. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he don't. No, no. He or she didn't know that it, when she would wake up, wake up, and and she didn't realize it. She might have the chance of a slightly. Uh, one single shot or one single frame just flashing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that you cannot judge what you are doing. That's that's the most horrible thing. If if you have the experience, you will know that. So sleepwalking <laughs> is a very good good idea to put in there. Mom, I don't like this, Dad. I don't like this. What's happening, Pina? Don't you ever raise your voice to me? I am your mother. I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about what 
uh, elevated horror and stuff actually is. Um, then we can, you know, see how that maybe relates to Hereditary in Midsommar. Um, I mean, and I, I think, you know, it, it, it's not like... So I need to ask really... you, can I, can I ask you one yeah. question? Yeah, 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 please go, go for a minute. I want to ask, yeah, I want to ask a question that it's elevated horror always uh, mixed up with the uh, ritual, cult, any religions, supernatural... No, 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 the... yeah. It doesn't like not that. Not, a, not, a, not at all. Um, and it, it is not like a specific genre and stuff, but I, I think like, I think, you know, I'm quite cynical about it, I guess. But I think if we look back to the early 2000s and then like the 2010s or whatever that decade's called, there was a lot of horror films kind of breaking through into the mainstream, you know, which are not, you know, intellectual films like Insidious, The Conjuring, Paranormal Activity. And these films are making like huge amounts of money at the box office. Uh -huh. I think they were appealing to like not hardcore horror fans as well. So I think then, you know, obviously it's Hollywood and stuff. So they're looking at ways to kind of make, you know, more money from horror. And they can see there's a way to reach out to more <sighs> respectable or <laughs> you know, higher, higher profile. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the phrase to use is, because it's kind of insulting. But so I think they started looking out for ways to either to make or to market films to, to this kind of different audience and stuff. Mm -hmm. We were seeing some successes from like foreign language films, uh, like Let the Right One in, you know, the yeah. uh, Swedish like vampire one stuff, which, and you know, again, a lot of the time was getting called not a horror film. You, you know, it was being called an art house film or a foreign language film. So I think there was a lot of push to try and find a way to kind of make more money from horror films in this way. And then mm -hmm. after, there's there's a film called The Witch or The Vivavitch because there's technically it's not spelled witch, it's like V-V-I-T-C-H. <laughs> So I don't know how to pronounce it, but director Robert Eggers, great, great, great film, like a proper folklore horror film and stuff. And he did The Lighthouse later, which is great. But, uh, uh, you know, there was so much of an effort, I think, by a lot of critics and stuff. They just wouldn't call it a horror film. They were calling it folk horror, elevated horror, spiritual horror. They, you know, they didn't want to just say this is a horror film and, and stuff. Because uh, uh, you have this idea, or certainly among the people who pitch it, would say elevated horror is like intelligent, socially conscious, uh, socially engaged and stuff. And, it, you know, the idea is that it shouldn't really be based around scares, but it's somehow like highbrow and intellectual and stuff. And uh, and as you said, right at the start, um, it, it's for people who don't usually watch horror. <laughs> you know, you can get them to watch an <laughs> elevated horror film. So you had other ones like Relic, Babadook, It Follows, uh, Get Out, to a lesser extent, and which are all fantastic films, but it's just... I don't know. It, it just feels like a cynical thing to me, everything like that. And I mean, before this, before we started chatting about this, is that something you, had you heard of that before? Or is that anything we've, you've seen in Hong Kong or Asia at all? All right. I, uh, I think we have to talk about the basic concept about, the, about Asian audience. Okay. So mm -mm -mm. Asian horror films, they, they just, they will, adapted to the mainstream market you know that mm -hmm. and countercultural countercultural expression with football or religion will will categorize will categorize it has a has a other sonia mm -hmm. than the usual horror films i'm mm -hmm. sure movie lovers who hunger to explore new sonia would be fascinated by elevator sonia <laughs> elevator horror <laughs> <laughs> rap and they and it is, it is uh, very fruitful. I, I always use it fruitful because it's always informative. Yeah. You, you don't feel boring. Sometimes uh, mm. when we were watching movies, we feel boring, especially us. We, we, we watch a mm -hmm. lot of movies. Then yeah. we always, from the 30 minutes, then we already can guess what's happening after 15 minutes. So if it, <laughs> if it really do the same thing, we will feel very boring. So. Uh, these kind of elevated horror in my sense of horror so it will be much more more expert for audience to explore hmm. okay my no, it's, sense it's, it's, my, it's fair so my sense of horror theme it will it will how to say it, it is more in myself uh, I would say that it consists of supernatural elements uh, it should be something unexpected or unscientific mm. things will happen. Those not relevant mm. to 
paranormal phenomenon mm-hmm. will be classified as thriller. <laughs> and most of the Hong Kong Hong Kong filmmakers don't classify horror in subsonia. You know, okay. back back in the back in the eighties, most of our mm-hmm. horror films were based on folk horrors, story refined or or modernized from the tradition stories from the, from mm-hmm. the folklore. So, consi- mm-hmm. which consists of a revenge or atonement, atonement, and and then we let the paranormal. Complying the justice <laughs> to a sinister, <laughs> so this is this is what we call horror. It's is a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. No, that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the horror, Hong Kong horror, um, is definitely yeah. very different kind of to Western horror in that respect and stuff. But for this kind of elevated horror, I, I think for people here when they're talking about it, the main the main push is to say like these horror films have. They're different because, you know, mo- I mean, you're right. Like a lot of the time when we're watching horror films, we know what's going to happen after, before we watch the film. Or you have stupid characters, people doing stupid things. <laughs> yes. You know, it's pretty basic jump scares, but it's still fun. But So I guess the main push for these elevated horrors is to say, yeah, this film is frightening, but it's not stupid. It's a horror film, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's dealing with like personal problems, like trauma, social problem, economic problem, everything, and that's more important. And that's where they kind of supposed to draw the, the horror from. So people who who you know who don't want to see jump scares and everything can feel horrified by different, you know, by different concepts or different things rather than just these, you know, basic horror elements. I think. Yeah, I think the, the one of the unique subsonia in Hong Kong will be kung fu horror. <laughs> yeah, which usually, yeah, which usually integrate with uh, comedy. That's like the yeah. encounter of spooky kind by mm, Samuel classic, Ho, yeah. yeah, and Mister Mister Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. this this is not not the Western who made. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, absolutely, it's very different. So, but do you, so you think people in Hong Kong would they be interested in something like Hereditary and Midsummer, or is that too different for an Asian audience? I think the real uh the in I'm sorry to say that the intelligent <laughs> the intellectual audience will like that mm. because they want mm-hmm. to they really want to explore from the film and and watch something and mm. there's a there's a lot of uh audience in Hong Kong they just want the sound they they just sit there and absorb what you give me you see what I mean yeah, they don't yeah. want they don't want yeah. to think about it you scare me no no same you shout at me here. yeah no, mm, that mm, that's mm. It. that's the majority of the cinema goers. Well, no. So in which case, then, so maybe yeah, it's it is fair enough to have this um, this subgenre of elevated horror. If you can find horror films which are intelligent, then or horror films which are different or more artistic and stuff. So maybe it is fair enough to uh, to categorize films this way. And if films like maybe then if films like Midsummer and Hereditary are yeah. successful then maybe more intelligent horror films will be made. But I just, I don't know, I, I just find the, well, we hope the so. idea... <laughs> well, yeah, I would love to see that, but we I guess for me it's that. partly just... Yeah, I just get annoyed by the idea of saying... by There's no other genre which has this. So we have like action films, comedy films, thriller films, horror films. Exactly. Horror is the only one which has elevated. You don't have elevated thriller. <laughs> elevated action film, elevated comedy. So you know what I mean. So to me, that makes it just sound like you know. And there's no reason why we couldn't have like a really intelligent, well done action film. Uh, but right. nobody would call that elevated action. You know, but for horror film, because we, it's just I get annoyed just by there seeming to be this acceptance that horror films are stupid, horror fans are stupid. So we make this separate genre for clever people to watch them because they would never watch, you know. I don't know. It just annoys me a bit. But I do like the films. It would be great to see more like these films, 100%. So I just I just get annoyed by the way the term gets used by some critics. I find it a bit like uh, snobbish, I guess. I don't mind if this term is only for uh, market market concept. I really don't mind. Yeah, anything enough, that, yeah, anything which benefits audience to adapt the elevated horror is good. No, I know you're. No, you're right. I'm just. I'm just being like bad tempered about it. I know you're right. Like I would love to see more films like Hereditary. Yeah, I, I really want and to I see I more. You're right. 
I shouldn't care whether they're called elevated horror or not, but <laughs> yeah, but, it, I mean talking it, about it, uh, it categorizes. It, it will let the let the subsonia grow in. <laughs> we benefit. No, you're right. You're, no, no, you're you know, man, you're you're actually you're hundred percent right with that. I don't know why you invited us. That's why you look so guilty right now because you know. <laughs> We only do this every 90 years. I was most excited for you to come. But talking about hereditary and midsummer, like, do you. I think, well, especially for me, like, midsummer, mm. if we talk about that as, like, um, an elevated horror film, I, I think that's a, a good example of why. The term kind of annoys me a lot still because I think the basic plot of Midsommar is still like a slasher film plot. And it's supposed, supposedly, like originally, he was pitched the idea of just making a slasher film in Sweden. Um, so he took <laughs> that kind of idea and he wrote this around it as a, I think he called it something like um, a breakup movie, which was wrapped up in some folk horror. Which is, uh -huh. again, fair enough and everything. But I, tell, I think if we look at Midsommar and we look at the behavior of the characters in Midsommar, they're just being stupid horror movie characters still. There's no difference. To, There's no difference. Know, yeah, so, you know, you have the the guy who's studying the runes and the, the, the ancient book and goes in the temple and the, the old guy's like, no, 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 you can never copy this book. You can never come back and read it. He's like, oh, okay. And then what happens that night? The guy sneaks back in. <laughs> he starts reading the book. Boom, dead. I mean, that's just slasher. That's classic stupid behavior. So I just wonder how you... You know, people can say on the one hand, like Midsommar is this elevated horror. So by definition, like very intelligent and smart, socially conscious, not the same as a normal uh, horror film. But it's got a lot of these stupid moments in it, which are, re you know, they're really entertaining. There's another guy who, you know, is a really obnoxious, mm -hmm. annoying character. And then, of course, he goes off into the woods with a girl who just goes, come on, let's go to the woods together. He's like, yeah, dude. And then, of course, he's dead. So but, this is, you know, like Friday 13th behavior. Yes, you but know, they... But the details provided for the movies, uh, so it's so it's a lot. Then you, then the audience will think that this is this is planned. It this is this is already scheduled. They seduce them to do it. They everyone die has a reason. Not not really like the Friday Thirteen. You see that, the one who pissed on the tree, right? Yeah. So he was that. Yes. <clears throat> so he, <laughs> so so he 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 get killed. And the other one said, uh, mm. "I want to, I want to write the the, the what's that called? Finis, Finis, the thesis. Yeah, he wants to write. He, he wants to study the thesis, and he wants to explore and and disclose everything. And mm. they, I think they seduce him to do it, and knowing that this right, guy will, okay, yeah, okay, this okay. guy, this guy will take pictures. He will not just mm -hmm. listen to that. This is these these stupid Americans, yeah." So this is all planned from the elevated uh, calculation. So wow, you would think, oh man, you, you're you're blowing my mind with this. You're adding another level to it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so I love him, man. Oh, so he's wow. he's using oh, the he's, yeah he's using the basic pattern of uh, of the normal horror film, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he this is oh I oh now I realize what you it's think called. he's being Elev elevated. He's being ironic. Everything. Right. So yeah. I now I understand what it means of elevated. That means you are using the right. basic formula and then make it more complicated and more reasonable. <laughs> oh. so, okay. Well, let, no, sure, man. That, that's very interesting. I, I no, I, I completely see what you mean and everything. So like the, but then the characters in the film. So even like when the old man says to the guy, "You cannot mm. copy this book. You cannot read this book." Yep. The old man is hoping he'll come back in and be killed. Okay. No, that's that's cool, man. I, I, I well, I'll, I'll watch it again. You know, yeah, and the I still enjoy watching it. That's I like that. And the other difference, and something difference between the normal scaredrum or horror film is, he had a lot of details, and he, how say he he just construct the the character of the cast. Everyone is mm. so clear, and direct in yeah. detail. Yeah, you will know. You will know that from from Danny to her boyfriend, everything. Mm. You, uh, you can, you can, you can be them when you watch them. 
you you have so、mm. easy to be, to go into the character to go into the role. <coughs> Mm-hmm. And I, more I hate details. To be Christian. I mean, Christian <laughs> is such a horrible. But that, I mean, that's even that. I guess maybe that's just some irony. You're calling him. You're dealing in a film with like pagan religion, like calling the male horrible、right. character Christian. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> maybe it's kind of a joke, like a piss take as well. But I think I, I know. I guess as well, like because say like me and you, we watch you know so many horror films、uh, all the time, all our lives, everything. I think like. One of the things uh, about uh, Midsummer and about Hereditary is a lot of the the frightening or what should be the frightening part and stuff doesn't really come so much from、mm. um, the scares and stuff, but it it does come from this sort of like worry, the anxiety, like depression,、yep. and you know, there's not really. Some people have said they can read some politics into the two films. I I don't really care about that, but you can you can you can see this kind of.、Um, Problems with like identity, with relationships, with these kind of like middle class、yes. kind of worries. Not like the worries of rich people, not like the worries of poor people. It's just this middle class group in the middle <clears throat> where they have so much time to kind of worry about themselves. And I think in、uh, you know in Midsummer, I mean yeah, kind of in Hereditary as well. Like the characters are all like quite self indulgent. They are this kind of very middle class, comfortable people that all they have to worry about is these like. Angst, anxieties, and worries,、mm-hmm. and stuff, and he tries to bring kind of horror from that. Whereas, like I remember, still one of the only things in a film which which scares me kind of is、uh, the uh, the Amityville horror, like the original, like nineteen seventy nine, you know, based on true story. And what's what scares me about this film, and I can't honestly, I can't watch this bit at the moment.、Um, I... Just thinking about it makes me scared because he's you know the they buy this giant house, they don't have enough money to buy it. Uh-huh. The husband borrows too much money, and then you know someone's getting married, and he borrows more money to pay for the band at the wedding. Then he、uh-huh. loses the money, and he can't find it, and and he's panicking, looking everywhere in the house, and he can't find the money, and he knows he can't pay back the money, and that's that's a terrifying scene. That that kind of like economic <laughs> for me, that's terrifying. That's terrifying, man. Really? You can see in the film, it, it's you, it's it's shot so well. And, it's and always terrifying. It's always terrifying when you can when you cannot pay the like, bill. <laughs> Exactly, or you know you've got money. You know you've you know all the way through the the Amityville horror, like、um, yeah. it's this economic horror, and, and it's like a working class family, and the husband through his pride is like spent far too much money to buy this house, which they don't really need, and all the way through the film, he's in this state of like economic terror、mm. all the way through the film. So what I guess I I, I think is like. Just in terms, of, you know, so you, you know, I mean, and you're right about like Midsummer and Hereditary. They, they are this elevated horror, even though they have normal horror elements. But there's so many other films from which could be called elevated horror because they they deal with these kind of different kinds of, you know, these different kinds of fears as well.、Mm-hmm. You know, these kind of whether it's economic, personal, relationship problems, other things like that. So、um, I think, yeah, I I'm just interested into what. Why some films get called this and some films don't? I mean, you you know, as we know, man, there's lots of horror films which are just stupid.、Uh, they're still fun. I still like watching them, but they're you know they're pretty dumb. You know, it's just a slasher film or a ghost film or a devil、right. film, whatever. They're they're still cool, but there's no attempt to be intelligent. But I think there are a lot of other horror films which still, you know, have intelligence to them, but which they don't get called. They don't get marketed as this, and I,、uh-huh. I, I think part of it is still this company A twenty four, which has done all, pretty much all these films. I think they're very, very good at marketing stuff. So now, if I see a new horror film coming from A twenty four, I know what to expect. Yeah, you know, exactly. I know what to expect yeah, this、exactly. kind of thing, and that's cool. I mean, it, it's cool that that's happening. But the fact that the term "elevated horror" has kind of grown out of just being this company's films,、um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's、And、interesting. Probably, it will be their brand, brand name as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be... yeah. I think I think so, man.、Um, but it's. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see his next film,、um, you know Ari Aster, which he's making now. Disappointment Boulevard, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some as a Disappointment Boulevard is it? No, is no, it disappointment? no real details. What what Boulevard? Disappointment or something like that. But、um, yeah, there's、I'm, not really any details. But I'm looking forward to see、film. it. Oh, I'll definitely I, watch it. I, I, I don't watch anything care. He does. I don't care what kind of film he will make. I just want to watch it. He's pet. So, ba- so basically,、there. 
So basically, what we've uncovered is I'm, I just get annoyed by the word elevated. <laughs> and, you're, yeah. and you're much more open-minded and you don't care what they call it. <laughs> I think that's fair, man. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I will just only focus on the treatment of the movie inside the details. Oh, you're right. So, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Then then no, I, I think... find out what is elevated right now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, no, I think I think yeah. I I after this conversation, I find myself agreeing with you a lot more. I should just not worry about the word elevated. <laughs> right. It's it's just the basic formula, and then he adds something on that, or just. Uh, do a lot of things and uh, do details and then and then you'll realize it in fact he always <laughs> makes smoothies uh two hours long <laughs> yeah so uh if you were talking about hong kong movies that that will not probably they not have so much space or expert or limit in mm. time for them to 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 shoot so detail about everything Especially mm-hmm. when the when there's a lot of main cars in there. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It would be interesting to see if he ever did like, a, you know, like a Netflix series, like a limited uh-huh. series, like an eight episode, eight hour type thing. That would be quite cool. I think right. he would be quite a good choice for that kind of thing. But he seem he does seem to be like a very, you know, cinematic director though, rather than like a, a TVC director. But we'll we'll see. I mean, if his new film is a horror film, then you know we've no idea what kind or anything, but. Um, we'll see where he goes afterwards with his career. You know whether he sticks to this elevated horror, moves into drama, mm-hmm. or, or, or what happens. But yeah, I, I would watch anything he does. It's very, very interesting director to follow. I think he will focus on horror theme again, because horror will give him more experts and and space, more mm-hmm. more details for you. You 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 can cover the supernatural, the mm. the paranoia, and then the, even the psy- psycho and everything, and the inward mm. part of the humans and, and the mind and history. So, mm. so in horror, in horror, expert will be will be will be good for him. I agree. You know, I I mean, at the moment, like he kind of reminds me of a young. Uh, well, not young, actually, because, you know, he's, he's done a few films, but like uh, Ben Wheatley, you know, like before mm-hmm. when he was mainly doing horror stuff, like, you know, Kill List, everything. Because his, you know, those films as well, um, in a much more British, British way, like they, stuff like Kill List or Sightseers or, you know, his recent one, uh, In the Earth, which I loved, uh, that combined, nobody calls those elevated horror, but like Kill List, again, it deals with like cults, you know, folk cults, right. It's very, art, it's very artistic. Um, it deals with a lot of social problems in the UK, a lot of problems mm-hmm. with like uh, relationship, toxic masculinity. But I've no one's I've never seen anyone calling like Kill List elevated horror. But <laughs> I, so maybe just because it's incredibly violent, you know. But then Midsummer's violent as well, so I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It's an interesting, it's an interesting talk. And the fact that nobody calls these other things elevated horror mm-hmm. is why I I just see it as this marketing thing. But you are right. I shouldn't get worked up by that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. To me, everything is horror. (laughs) (laughs) Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon everyone will see. Hi, Umod. Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. When you pray, do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little savior. Okay, so you know we we've talked a lot about Ari Aster and his films. So I just want to throw at you one other film, which has been called Elevated Horror, um, slightly more recent one, and a British one um, as well called uh, Saint Maud, which is um, it, it's been very well received, very well reviewed, everything here. Unfortunately, it was coming out just sort of during some of the COVID breaks and stuff, so we didn't get the full cinema release it deserves, everything. But it's the the first feature written and directed by uh, Rose Glass. And it's, it was actually funded by like Film 4 and the British Film Institute, which uh-huh. is quite interesting. And it, it kind of follows um, 
a hospice nurse who's clearly fallen on bad times and she's I think she's been kicked out of her job for mistreating a patient. Some, you know, I can't. I don't want to say too much to spoil the film, but you know, she's suddenly become like hardcore Roman Catholic, and she takes on this job as a private carer for this former famous sort of art dancer, and then she slowly goes crazy and starts thinking she has to save this woman's soul and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's another one which was kind of thought as being um, elevated horror and. The marketing campaign, and it's you know it's another A twenty four film, so it, it, you know it was being pitched to this kind of like hereditary midsummer crowd as well. But it was a lot of the things which focused on in the marketing campaign were, were saying this is like a female director. It's a female centric film. It's a a defiantly female film. It's an elevated horror film. It's an intellectual film and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I did read the the director as well saying as well that it, it you know she thought it was she was asked about it being an elevated horror film and she said she thought that was a very snobbish term she wasn't <laughs> too happy about the film being called that um so maybe she's you know with like with me it's not a problem at all with the films it's just annoyance at the the word but um i liked it i really enjoyed saint Maud partly because i think one of the big differences between that and like midsummer hereditary is it's actually really short it's only like one mm-hmm. hour 25 minutes or something so you know what, what do you what did you think of it Okay, compared to Ari Aster's movie, uh, Sing mm. More, this movie was, it gives me a, a chilling, a chilling feeling. It, mm. The movie was, was more chilling. Every scene was treated so dark and isolated, you know that. The interior of the mm-hmm. dancer's house was just like a finable parlor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. and, Mo, and Moore's room was, was like a morgue was like a morgue. <laughs> like a morgue, yeah. <laughs> right? True. So the whole movie was, was so dark. The, the movie shows no, no vitality. Like everything mm. has been abandoned. Even the exterior, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, even the exterior locations were remotely and the people were so far away as a background only. No, no, you don't see anybody around you. You sometimes you feel you're, you're in hell. So lonely. <laughs> okay, as an audience, you you feel be, being pushed away. You can only watch. I like the, yeah. You can I, only watch. I guess yeah. that's the thing, like shooting yeah. it in like an old dying. You know, because in in the UK, like we have all these kind of like small seaside right. towns, which would have been very popular before foreign people went for international holiday. But now, like lots of these old towns are dying. You right. know, you have old people there. No, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think you're totally right. You you do get that isolation uh, and all the different scenes and that kind of like loneliness going crazy and loneliness everything is dying yeah it's too lonely <laughs> if you want to try you throw try to throw yourself into a m- m- more status you you would you you can you know unable to suffer her her status i really wonder how dark where these female filmmakers in were they <laughs> what are they doing <laughs> the production designer the the camera the the dp and the director. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what do you feel about it? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, for me, even just going in back to the whole elevated, elevated horror thing, I think, yeah, compared yeah. to Midsommar and Hereditary, yeah, it's a much more depressing, uh, bleak kind of film. And it's, it's interesting, like, calling it a horror film. And again, like, the way, also the way some of the marketing seem to make it much more of a horror film than it is it's more like a character study you know just following her because she's you know she's always in it you know yeah, she's always this, she's always in the scene <laughs> yeah just following her around you know when she's doing depressing things or you know uh, you know hurting herself you know for her bizarre version of like catholicism and everything so it, there's a lot of the religion there's no actual there's nothing supernatural it's not really any horror i mean you know even when you start watching that film though you know that by the end of it, she's going to go properly crazy and do something. Right. So it's not, although, and I think that makes it even more depressing because you still have to watch her, you know, watching her going, going more and more towards this craziness. But uh, I, you know, there are, the three of them are all A24 films. They're all called Elevated uh-huh. Horror. Um, but I think St. Maud out of the three is the only one which is actually, yeah, quite disturbing. It's, it's disturbing. The, the very first time when I watch it, uh, I've been watching for 40 minutes and then I suddenly feel, why, why I cannot feel anything about it? 
<laughs> I don't feel anything. I just stay there and watch. And what what happens? Usually, just like midsummer, you already get into the the cars. You were you mm. were exploring. You know, tracking something mm, to mm, explore. You yeah, should on the same pace with the director, or with the film. But sing more. You you can't do anything. <laughs> You're just like mm. tidying up there. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. the 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 clockwork orange. You were you were just tied <laughs> on your on your on your chair with your eyes open. You can do nothing. You just look at it. <laughs> it's, no, that's true. Absolutely, because she's such a, you know, that kind of character. You you know, you're, the director's not trying to make you. I mean, maybe some sympathy, but you're not. You know, because we we know kind of where the film is going to go. Then it's not like you're right. It's not like Midsummer Hereditary. There isn't that much kind of like personal development. It's just like watching somebody go downhill. You know gradually and knowing they're going to go downhill but yeah just knowing that there's nothing else you can do nothing else is going to happen and stuff and but i think because it's because it's so short and everything i think it really works it works well if this was like a two hour film two and a half hour film it would be very very hard hard to watch i think but as the length it is less than an hour and a half i think actually you know for this kind of depressing film it actually moves along very quickly i think sing boy is already very it's she the the uh, more is already very uh it's collapsing from the from the mm. start you know from, yeah, uh, yeah. from me change to the catholic and then he come back there and to be of to be a nurse she wants to for my point of view she wants to uh escape from her from her failure i i think i think so he she's just like hanging on the wall Crabbing and mm-hmm. one one arm has already losing uh, strength and then the <laughs> other one is so when she find out that she's losing again she will try to uh, punish herself or pushing herself mm. much more deeply so by the end mm. she will kill the kill the dancer <laughs> and mm-hmm. and all those things will come from her uh, her self punishment I I don't yeah. know I don't know this is this is very depressing for for audience. But it's but very well made though I think and I like the uh, I do you know I, I am a fan of uh, you know British horror film uh, in general. I, it's, um, yes, know, this, I, this kind of modern. This, but, well, I like old school ones always like Hammer horror and then you know some of the more folklore horrors and stuff uh, like you know Blood on Satan's Claw and everything. But I think recently we've we've seen uh, you know with stuff like Ben Wheatley and then with stuff like mm. Saint Maud. I think that's very promising for the future of. British horror film and whether they get called elevated or not I think we are seeing some of these like good quality um, this is a good quality you know quite different kind of horror films coming from the UK which is you know for me is, is very it's very promising I'm very happy to see that right I found Sing more is not really like watching a movie you felt like you were reading a book you see you, you okay you see what I mean when you're reading a reading a book, reading a fiction, you have all the words coming into your your mind, running through all mm. your brains, right? And then you picturize you you have a picture. You I feel like reading a book, you have more the details of the of the main characters. You see mm. uh eyesight, every detail, small small gesture, small gesture, everything. So so this is more like it's it isn't it is not really like uh, visualize a uh, horror movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, a Friday Thirteen or something, the normal thing, the Hollywood <laughs> jump scare. You need to watch <laughs> it, right? You, if you don't watch it, you 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 don't, you don't have to study the story at all. But this one is, <laughs> true, true. Uh, yeah, I like this one. It, it's all because you you have to use your heart to read it. Mm-hmm. Fair. No, I I agree. I really I really enjoyed it as well. I, I like. Yeah. And I guess just to to gonna wrap up. Yeah. I, okay. For all three, just despite everything I've said about elevated horror, I really like these three films. You know, Hereditary, Midsummer, and Saint Maud. Mm-hmm. They're all you know from younger young fairly young directors. Very well crafted films. Very well written films. Very visually very well planned films. So um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of these these films. Just not not calling them elevated horror. <laughs> yeah, it gives me more, more, more energy after watching this to be a director. <laughs> you don't feel disappointed <laughs> about your future anymore. 
Okay, uh, yeah, that's great. So we've all, you know, I, I think we've had a good chat about elevated horror, the, the ups and downs, and I think you've you've kind of opened my open eyes, made me realize I'm just being a bit grumpy and cynical about the term elevated, <laughs> and I should forget about that and just enjoy the films. But but no, that, that was very that was cool, man. It's great to get you get your chat on that and everything. So so yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, and please do follow the podcast, subscribe to us, check us out on social media, check out all the other episodes uh, because your life might depend upon it <laughs> and uh yeah stick with us in future for more and uh cob yeah thank you very much as always man it's a pleasure pleasure thank talking you. to you thank you and bye everyone whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini whiskey bikini, whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini. Whiskey bikini.